Just really quickly before we start the show, I wanted to give a big thanks to 323 Sports for coming on board to sponsor our Monday Coaches Interviews. 323 Sports is a team dealer specializing in team sports uniforms, equipment, footwear, and apparel. To find out more about how 323 Sports can help your athletic program, visit 323sports.com. Welcome back to a quick timeout. A little different kind of episode today. Today's interview is one I did about a year ago with my friend Johnny Gamet, who is the sports information director here at Bob Jones University. We talked about making leaders in our sports programs. Throughout the episode, we try to get as practical as possible about what that looks like and how we do that with our players. So I hope some of the things can be of help to you or at least can spark some ideas for how you can be even more effective in working with your players. Hope you enjoy the discussion. As a coach, as, a, as an organization, how do you develop vocal leadership? It's real easy at the beginning to pick the guy that's the loudest or you know, the girl that talks the most, but that isn't necessarily the one who is going to, in the long run, be the person who maybe becomes a team captain or just becomes a leader in the locker room. Uh, really, we're looking as coaches for those that, that work hard, that are an example, and as you said in the introduction, Generally, it starts by leading by example, and that's the first thing typically that a leader will demonstrate uh, is, is that hard work, whether that's you know, in the classroom or you know, on the court or in workouts. And that's the most obvious thing usually to coaches first. Um, typically, for most teams, I know at any level, it's usually your upperclassmen that are going to end yep. up being the ones that are your leaders. Um, but, you know, just because they work hard and they lead by example doesn't necessarily that they're going to become a vocal leader. Um, and I think that, you know, in just a little bit, we'll talk a little bit more about some things that maybe will help with that. Um, but starting out, you know, they, they may not know what to say. Um, they may not be vocal by nature, just kind of have a quiet personality. Um, they may have come from teams that, that, the coach is the, was the one that provided all of the vocal leadership. So mm -hmm. they don't know that it's something that they, they do or something that they know how to do. Um, so it takes time. And, um, you know, it's not something that, that is a habit. You can't just come in and, you know, as a coach, expect everybody to know what to say or how to say it or even how maybe your, your culture uses communication. I know it varies from the teams that I've been on or been a part of. Um, and you can speak to this to other sports, you know, with, with your background with baseball. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a very unique um, way in which players communicate to mm -hmm. each other. And yeah. I think also the nature of the sport. So, I mean, even from your experience, the baseball side of things, like how would you – you've been around basketball, you know, where I'm from, but other sports too. But kind of how is that different depending on what the sport is and specifically for Well, I think you hit the nail on the head a little bit in talking about – so often players come from teams where the coach does all of that. Mm -hmm. And I think the most successful teams that I've been a part of are the teams that have those vocal leaders on the field. Mm -hmm. When you come into an organization or when you come into a team, a coach is vitally important. The assistant coach is vitally important. But when you're in the heat of the moment and you're in the heat of the game, mm -hmm. there's something about, I mean, you know, we use the analogy of battle all the time and you're going to war, that kind of thing. <clears throat> but the same thing is true in war, when you're in the heat of the moment, mm -hmm. you're often not listening to the general who's way, way back. Right. You're listening to the guy who's in charge of your unit right. who is saying, we've got to do this. I'm going to show you. Let's do this. 
it's the same thing in sports. When when you get into play and mm-hmm. actual gameplay, a lot of times coaches they've they've led you to that point in practice and other things. Right. Now it's time for you to perform, and the, and and that's when those leaders truly shine. And so so for me, the the times that I've either been it myself or or followed a vocal leader like that, it, it's when that person really decides, okay, it, it's my time. I've got to take the ropes. We're in the game now, or we're in practice or whatever it may be. And, and it's now time uh, to, uh, to, to, to lead these guys or lead these girls. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, so what does that look like? Mm-hmm. You know, because we have coaches, we have uh, players who are listening to this who, who think, man, I want to be that. Right. Um, I can be that. How do I be that? Right. I, I think that because typically, as we said, it's your upperclassmen, they have been involved in the program, so they know what the culture is. And that's why we had several weeks ago talking about team culture and the importance of it is that you have a player that's been in that culture and then they know the things that they're supposed to be valuing. They know the things that the coach would want to say if they were there because, like you said, it's not just on the field or on the court that they're listening to each other, but there is so much time, especially at the college level, when you are with your team that your coach isn't around in the locker room, um, on long bus trips, mm-hmm. uh, in hotel rooms sometimes. And so there has to be an accountability among the players and the leaders need to know what to say and what to say is what do we value? What would the coach say? But it's not so much as what the coach values, but what do we as a team value? And so if you don't have those vocal leaders in those times where somebody isn't around that, that would be providing that, you know, that could over time cause some problems for, for, for your team as a whole. So, you know, the kinds of things to talk about, I would say is just what, what do you value for your team? Like, do you value integrity? Do you value, um, you know, encouraging other players? Do you value, you know, being honest? Do you, you know, what kinds of things do you value? Those are the kinds of things that that leader is then going to hold the rest of his teammates accountable for. So from a practical standpoint, I know we have a a list to get to in terms of, um, and maybe we could talk about each one of those things a little bit more in depth. Mm -hmm. Um, when, When you're developing vocal leaders, when you're, you know, when you're a coach and you're, you've identified, Mm -hmm. this is my guy Mm -hmm. who, and I think another point, just a quick rabbit trail that you mentioned is that this isn't always your captain, right? Because there's a distinct break, I think, because sometimes, you know, I'm going to use men's basketball as an example. Mm -hmm. and, And I love this guy to death. And I would say it right to his face, but you have, you have a guy like Robert Horn, mm-hmm. who who physically was was just not your most gifted guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, l- let's just be honest. Right. But he brought a leadership to the team. Yeah. That was needed. Yeah. And then you go to the other side where you have a guy like Dustin Killo, mm-hmm. who is incredible basketball player, extremely talented, mm-hmm. great leader on the court, but maybe not as vocal of a guy. So as you you know, as you as you look at a team like that, as you come in and you say, "Okay, I, I need this. I need a Robert. Mm-hmm. I need a Dustin." Mm-hmm. How do you develop those guys? Understanding too, as a coach, that like the the different personalities, and one may require more um, behind the scenes encouragement and teaching of how to be a leader, and the other one, you know, may require in a different area. Um, and that's why I think that, especially, we've talked about this too, but. As a college coach, it's so important for you to identify the different pieces that you will be putting together 
that then will make up a very strong unit because you can't have just a group of guys who are lead by example guys. Mm -hmm. Like you, at some point there will be a, a problem with your team. So I think, you know, really identifying each guy's strengths, uh, weaknesses. That's why for us, it was kind of helpful to have two guys. And we've typically had two guys as, as captain um, during the, during the course of our program, <clears throat> because you then have a guy maybe who is like Dustin, but then a, a guy who is like Robert as well too, that they have their own unique unique strengths and unique characteristics um, that make them a good leader and so you know even identifying somebody early on that um, has the kind of characteristics that you're looking for that values the things that you value as a program um, because like we said before they may start out wanting to be a leader but they just don't know exactly what that looks like um, and so you can you know just by simply by starting encouraging them to be sure. an encouragement to, to other people. I mean, anybody can do that. Um, so you know, whether that's on the court or off the court, and a lot of our guys have done a really good job with that, especially this last year, you know, encouraging other guys behind the scenes or, you know, whether that's in practice or something as simple as that, just kind of teaching them in little, little moments how to be an encouragement to other teammates, I, I think is a great place to start. As we kind of move towards the end of the podcast here, we're going to get practical and give you a list of three suggestions here for, for coaches and players as you are, are starting this concept of or, or maybe continuing this concept of developing vocal leaders on your team or your organization. Coach, let's, let's hit the first one. Uh, I think the first one is kind of was led into it, but just being positive, teaching them to be positive with other teammates. Um, you know, we want to, especially in sports, we're looking for what we did wrong so that we can fix it. And there is an aspect of that that needs to be needs to be in every, you know, practice. And, you know, players need to, again, hold each other accountable. But it's really finding the positive things that your teammates are doing and encouraging them with those things um, to start with. I, I think that, you know, whether they're a freshman or all the way up to a senior, everybody can be a positive encouragement. So I think just something as simple as that. Um, teaching them what to say to encourage, um, not just good job, good job, but really being specific and, and giving positive feedback. I mean, even in coaching, that's proven to be something that, that builds and helps um, a player take the next step is that positive reinforcement. So um, I think that would be probably an easy place to start. Yeah, I think it's kind of twofold. I had a coach who would always kind of lead with, I'm going to start with positive, mm -hmm. go to the negative, mm -hmm. and end with a positive. Sure, And so – you know, you mess up, you come in, in my instance, you come back to the dugout or whatever, and you know you made a bonehead play. Right. You know, he would say, listen, it's okay. Yeah. You're still okay. We're still in this game. Yeah. This is what you did wrong. Now go out and do it. Yeah, I think praising the effort, like you kind of, you know, you may be a, you may, you may win as fast as you could to get to that ball, but you just, yeah. you, you did something technically wrong, understanding that the technical part of things can be fixed. But from the very start, any player at any level can give effort and so praising that effort and then maybe giving something specific and then finishing again just leaving off positive that understanding that it is a process so it's not constantly yeah. if you hear over and over and over negative 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 over the course of that process you're just you're gonna quit yeah exactly and it's important that even your vocal leaders on your team understand that mm -hmm. that idea as well because i think we've seen it i know i've been a part of teams this way where your vocal leader sometimes can just come on and you know, he corners a guy after practice or he corners a guy in the game and, and says, hey, you've got to do this or you've got to do this. And you know, that's not very helpful. That's right. not beneficial right. um, if you don't do that that route. So I would, I would say, you know, make that kind of a model for your team. Start with the positive, move to the constructive criticism, mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and then end with the positive as well, Mm -hmm. because you're always going to, I mean, let's be honest, when you're sitting in your, in your office cubicle or in your office and your boss comes in and starts with a negative, 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 there's this just human tendency for us to just shell up and defend ourselves when sometimes you need to start with that positive, go to the negative end with a positive. So I think that's important. Second thing I think is just to learn to ask questions and kind of going along with this as a leader is listening. Leaders oftentimes, especially younger ones, think they have to be the ones that are talking all the time or the ones that are just, you know, they know what's best. So they're going to tell the other guy. But if you've worked with people for any amount of time, you understand that not everybody receives, whether that's in criticism, whether that's criticism or positive feedback, or they don't receive it the same way. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times young leaders will think that leadership is just barking at somebody sure. else. And even in coaching, there's this idea that you're not a good coach unless you're you're barking at your players. Uh, I just heard a story this last week from a coaching friend of mine that they had a parent come up to him afterwards, and they, well, they weren't very happy because he wasn't barking at his son constantly and then questioned kind of how good of a coach that he was. That's not what coaching is, and that's not what leadership is. Yeah. Um, and really understanding your players that, you know, sometimes a kid may need a little bit stronger feedback, but that same level could crush another kid. Yeah. Um, so you, the only way you're going to find out who needs what kind of motivation is to listen to the kinds of things that they value or the things that kind of motivate them. And, you know, just by simply asking questions, a leader can get to know those who are under them better. So um, I think a lot of times younger players don't know exactly the questions to ask. Um, but really, the heart of it, we encourage our players specifically, is getting with them um, away from the court or away from the field and asking questions and get to know them because it really they they won't they w- won't respond unless they know that you care. Yeah. Um, and so for a leader, it's important to spend time and and being able to then become vocal with that person. They're not going to listen unless they already know that you care for them. I'm going to use a movie analogy with that. We all like the movie Hoosiers, right? One of the underlining messages or one of the underlining things that you see throughout the course of that movie, and it it, it reaches its climax at the end when Jimmy comes to the huddle and and he says, you know, and they all kind of turn away because they're not listening. Yeah. And he's like, what's the matter with you guys? And Jimmy's like, I'll make it. That whole movie, Gene Hackman's character comes in and it's my way and we're going to do this. And, you know, you got to do this way and we don't, you know, don't give any feedback. And you slowly see him evolve as a character as in a co- and a coach over the course of the movie mm-hmm. to where by the end, he's willing in the heat of the moment, in the championship moment, to put the ball in the hands of his confident, quiet leader yeah. to be able to make the shot. And I think that's, that's such a, you know, obviously it's a great movie and a great film in general, but um, it teaches such a lesson about how often coaches cannot be listeners right. and even your vocal leaders on your team, your captains, your, your star players can sometimes not listen to that mm-hmm. sixth man or seventh man who's coming off the bench who may be sitting there watching and going, listen, if you would go left instead of going right, mm-hmm. I've been watching the whole game. The guy is slow every, you know, or whatever it may be. Right. And being able to take that, listen to it, ingest it, and then, you know, be able to, to, to make a call as a result of that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's vitally important. We live in a world where people are, (laughs) do the opposite of what the Bible says and they're swift, they're, they're, they're swift to speak instead of slow to, 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 um, slow to speak and, and to, to listen and to really think about what they need to do before they do it. Right. Right. Um, and then the third one I think is just to simply empower the players. 
um, as a coach, allow them to uh, lead. I mean, mm-hmm. just give them opportunities to lead. Uh, a lot of times a coach, again, will, because they do know what's best, they'll want to be the ones that are always at the forefront and do it this way or we need to do this. Or, uh, you know, we with our team even, uh, Coach Uaro does a great job with this of empowering guys, whether they're captains or not, to lead sessions off the floor when we have devotional times or, you know, when we have prayer times or, um, you know, different places, we'll, we'll, we'll have other guys be the ones that are leading versus even our captains mm-hmm. to just give guys opportunities uh, to develop as, as, as captains. And I think kind of going along with that, mm-hmm. you, you've got to give that empowering your leaders and, and understanding that they might fail along the way. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that's huge because mm-hmm. I think, in our culture, we just we expect perfection all the time, mm-hmm. and you've got to understand that we're all human beings. We all fail, mm-hmm. and and there's a lot of lessons to be learned in the failure. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I think coaches and players in particular need to understand that when you're given that responsibility, or when you give that responsibility, sometimes your captain's going to fail, or sometimes your vocal leader is going to fail, and he's going to chew out another player on the court, mm-hmm. and he's going to you know, or he's going to make a bad decision from a leadership perspective, mm-hmm. that's an opportunity for you as a coach. Mm-hmm. You know, again, nobody's living or dying as a result of these games or practices or whatever. That's that's an opportunity for you after the game or maybe the, the next day in your office or the next week in your office to be able to call that player in and say, let's talk about that decision. And again, that positive, negative, positive. Mm-hmm. The reason you're in this position is because we think you're a leader and we think you're a good you know, person and the person that you need that, that we need for this position, you shouldn't have done that or you should have done it this way. Now let's make it better. Um, and I think, I think that's huge just to allow them the opportunity to fail and then teaching them as a result of that. From my experience in sports, there really is no greater teacher than, than failure and things on the court and things off the court, especially when you're working with college age kids. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we expect them just because sports is so out in front of people that they need to be perfect and they need to be behaving properly at all times. But in the end, they're still humans and, you know, they make wrong decisions, but how they respond then to those. And we've even had experiences here with our program that the kids have come back better as a result of the mistakes that they made. And so, you know, you can't, you can't, always try to avoid those just allow kids to lead and if they make a mistake use it as a teaching opportunity for sure just really quickly if you haven't heard yet about anchor it is the easiest way to make a podcast it's free there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer anchor will even distribute your podcast to spotify and apple podcasts and other platforms so your show actually gets heard you can even make money from your podcast no matter the size of your audience It really is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That'll do it for this episode. Be sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already and share the podcast with your coaching friends to help us grow the game. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again at the next time out.